I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. So for anyone who's new around these parts, we get together each fortnight and we discuss what we've been up to. We share some of our favourite things from the past couple of weeks, whether that's food, recipes, products, articles, TV shows, whatever you can think of. And then we go on and discuss something that we think is really relevant to us in our 20s and something that we've been going through. It's a very honest and frank conversation and we hope you enjoy it. Um, And if you do enjoy it, we would absolutely love if you could rate, review or subscribe to us on whichever, whichever podcast platform you're listening on. It really does help other people discover us and also we'll love you forever. Of course. And now you can rate and review on Acast as well. Their new app update means you can actually do that, which is brilliant. So if you're listening on Acast, just take a second, click the five stars. We'll be very grateful. Thank you. But anyway, how, what have you been up to recently, my love? Um, well, it's very topical this week um, because I've had a very tumultuous couple of weeks. This word. Yeah, I, I, thank you. I felt like putting a nice big word on it might make it sound slightly less messy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but unfortunately, I actually lost my job a couple of weeks ago, um, very unexpectedly for various immigration and covid related reasons um which is just really unfortunate timing because now victoria which is the state in australia i'm living in has gone into uh, a second lockdown because we're having a second wave of coronavirus so in between losing my job and our plans to leave the state we've actually now we're now stuck in the state because the borders closed and we're locked down so it's been a pretty messy couple of weeks I would say um lots of upset and frustration and I don't just I mean everyone knows how it feels when things don't go to plan and you've got something worked out how it's going to be in your head and it's just I mean feeling a lot better about it now I think we've worked things through we've come up with plan like b c d e and f for every possible <laughs> eventuality depending on how long this lockdown lasts because we don't know when the borders will reopen we don't know how long the lockdown is going to last so it's very um uncertain at the moment but just kind of trying to be positive and prepare for what's coming next but I feel like we've both had a lot of change these last couple of weeks yeah I mean I'm gutted for you guys because you Obviously, you plan this entire thing so intricately and so perfectly and you've waited so long to do this. So for it to go that wrong, honestly, my heart just breaks for you because it's just... I feel like this is my like this is my downfall, though. And Taylor did say this. He was like, the reason why this is... Because so, I, I finished the job on really good terms. It wasn't like anything bad happened. Like I was really sad to say bye to my team. It just... My contract couldn't be extended. But I think I was so upset and so frustrated and Taylor pointed it out perfectly. He was saying it's, I like to be certain in what I'm doing. I like to know what the plan is. I like to, I like to plan things. I'm an organized person. We've, we've covered this before, like, like to be organized. And when things don't go to plan, I feel crappy that I've not planned for the thing that's not gone to plan. And it just, the uncertainty is what stresses me out more than the actual situation. It's not knowing what's coming next that kind of, gets to me more than the unfortunate situation itself kind of thing yeah I think we're so similar in that way aren't we like we both come up with these brilliant plans that are so perfect and then if they go wrong it's not necessarily even that they've gone wrong but it's the thing of like how did we not foresee them going wrong yeah which I mean we don't have a crystal ball like I don't know why (laughs) we're giving ourselves crap for this (laughs) like we are like perfect obviously not as um not quite as serious as the situation you're in but we went to Ikea this weekend to buy a new desk and we picked out the desk and it was fine and we got to the warehouse bit and they were out of stock of all the desk like literally every single desk they were out of stock and I was so angry I was like why didn't I assume all the desks are out of stock like why didn't I know this is gonna happen (laughs) because you're not managing the warehouse like of course you wouldn't know (laughs) I was like I should have I should have just used my common sense but it's that thing isn't it you you just get so like you spent so long planning the detail for it then to not go to plan is just so shit frankly yeah yeah but it is I hope your lockdown doesn't last too long like hopefully in the next few weeks they'll be able to 
relax it enough that you can at least go out and explore the rest of Victoria. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, but what about you? You've moved house though. Like, how's how's it all yeah. going? How is finally um, living with Alex? Oh God, it's been so. We were joking about this. It's been eight years, two countries, <laughs> a pandemic later, and we are finally living together. Um, <laughs> it's been a hell of a, like we were saying. It's been a hell of a lot of change in two weeks, hasn't it? Dear God, um, it's really good. <laughs> Property is lovely. We so we we viewed it online because of COVID. We couldn't come and look at the property inside. Um, so there was definitely some anxiety on my part because Alex is like the most chilled person ever. Um, I am not. <laughs> so the, like, the stress of like, okay, we're going to go into this property and I'm sure it's fine, but what if it's an absolute disaster was definitely playing on my mind. But we got in, I've been here just over a week now. Alex came at the end of last week. Um, and the transformation in a week, I'm really proud of. It's not perfect. And obviously I had in my head set myself the goal to be fully unpacked, despite not having all the necessary furniture to do that in the space of 48 hours. Um, <laughs> So despite setting some very unrealistic expectations, we are making progress. We've got a bed, we've got a sofa, we have a desk that we're going to put together later, um, which I'm so excited about because we ended up finding one tabletop left in Ikea. It was hideous, but I've bought some sticky back plastic. I've ordered some separate desk legs online, like the hairpin ones, um, from like a seller on eBay. So it's all arrived. So we're going to DIY the, the dream desk because... All the other desks online were a 16 week wait. Oh my god, that's nuts. It's nuts. And I bought my laptop table, which um, Alex isn't really a fan of because it's very, very narrow. Um, <laughs> so, it, you know, it's just been mad. We've got some plants. Um, we've got some more furniture arriving this week. I've got a week off, which is my first week off since like, must have been May. So, I'm excited to have some time off where I'm not like worrying about work and I can just settle into this place because it's gorgeous and it's so lovely and it already feels really homey and it is so exciting but it's it's a bit of a 360 on you know or 180 it's a big change (laughs) (laughs) it's a big change in the past fortnight um which is kind of why we wanted to discuss coping with change this week because things look very different for both of us now and they did a couple of weeks ago but with that is a slight disclaimer that if my sound is a bit dodged this week, I am sorry. I'm in the only room that kind of has enough furniture, um, but all of our rooms are still pretty damn echoey. And we haven't quite worked out the best place to record yet, but you know, it's early days. Hopefully it's not too echoey or annoying. But um, do you want to start with our recommendations for this week and tell me what you've been loving in the past couple of weeks? Yes, so... um... Because I now have uh, substantially more time on my hands um, and it's winter here, so it does mean shorter days. The benefit of not having set hours anymore means that I can actually go out and work out during the day when it's light. So we've been going to the park and I've been doing workouts by Pamela Rafe, which I'm pretty sure everyone has heard of by now. Everyone knows who she is. She's got like millions and millions of followers on YouTube but this is the first time that I've actually used her workouts and oh my gosh they are so so good like I've never felt so kind of exhausted and fully worked out from such like short workout videos she does everything that she does is kind of well there's some longer ones but most of what she does are either 10 or 15 minute kind of isolation workouts so just for abs or just for arms or just for your back or just for just for your bum or just for your thighs and she has programs that she posts on her Instagram for kind of different things that you're trying to achieve so whether it's fat burn whether it's uh like muscle gain whether it's a beginner workout whether you prefer a dance workout and every day it kind of groups together maybe three or four of her videos and you do them all in succession for these workouts or you can just do them individually um and they're just they are so so good I really feel like I've worked really hard and most of them are no equipment or might just be like a booty band or if if it's weights for arms it's just use water bottles full of water so you don't need loads of equipment and because I'm back in lockdown as well it means that it works really well for me absolutely recommend her workouts they're great so I've never actually heard of her but I am looking for some new workouts because I think that my beloved 
bod by rod, bod by rod um, bar classes might be coming to an end. No. And whilst there are saved ones on Instagram, I mean, cycles opening back up. So understandably, the instructors want to go and teach in their actual job. And I completely respect that. Um, but I'm hoping there will still be some. There are a couple of saved on the Instagram, but I'm looking for something else as well because I also know I need to improve my cardio. So that sounds like it could be quite nice because for 10, 15, for 15 kind of minutes or so, I can focus on something like that. It doesn't sound yeah. too scary. And there's also, um, this just reminded me because she does cardio ones as well, or she does HIIT workouts that are like 15 minutes or she does longer ones that are like 30 minutes as well. But I've been doing the 15 minute ones. And the other thing she does that's really great, she does a cardio workout that's neighbor friendly. So if you I live in that. an apartment, yet yeah, there's no like jumping or jogging on the spot or anything. So it's like low impact on knees and ankles, but also it's neighbor friendly. And it's, I did it the other day and it's actually really, really good. I'm going to try that because that's the thing with cardio is I don't always, I go through fits and starts with running. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I'm just not in the mood. And when it's hot, I really don't want to run, but I can't jump around in the apartment. And I also find sometimes stuff like that aggravates my knees a bit. So yeah. that sounds like the perfect solution for me. She also does like um, booty workouts, which are like no knee impact as well. So no like squats, Ooh. no lunging, no jumping or anything like that. It's all like isolation exercises, which are really good because oh, cool. I've hurt my ankle a bit again recently. Whole other story. Oh, no. So I've been doing those to kind of keep up my fitness, but without having to kind of do any anything to make it worse. What's your first recommendation this week? So mine is an article and it was, this is just one of those brilliant things about the internet. I found this article, I meant to save it to my pocket app and I forgot. And then, then our lovely listener Flavia actually met, like tagged me in it or shared it with me or something like that. Or she shared it on her Instagram stories. And I was like, yes, this is the article that I was trying to save earlier and I couldn't find again. So thankfully I've been reunited with the it's really brilliant. It was on The Guardian. And the article title is The Fashion, the Fast Fashion Fix, 20 Ways to Stop Buying New Clothes Forever. And reducing my intake of fast fashion is something I've been really trying to do over the past couple of years. I know you've been doing it as well. Um, and we've touched on it before in our sustainability episode. And I think with the news that broke last week or the week before about um, the slavery allegations with Boohoo in Leicester, and all of that kind of thing, it's really shone a light on how deeply, deeply problematic fast fashion is. And whilst it's very easy to kind of sit in your ivory tower and say, never buy fast fashion again, I think it is a bit more nuanced than that, because it's not always possible to shop secondhand. Sustainable brands are more expensive, and the like vintage clothes tend to be less size inclusive. But there are things we can all do to help reduce our impact on fast fashion and this just has 20 like really actionable things to do that we can all do um that there'll be something within this article that you can do no matter what your budget is what your accessibility to this article is there will be something you can do that is just really positive and even things like number three on the list is learning from your mistakes so instead of just like going through your wardrobe holding everything up and being like okay how much have I actually worn this do I like wearing this what don't I like about it? Why haven't I worn it? So instead of just having something in your wardrobe you don't wear and ignoring it, actually addressing why. So next time you don't buy something like that again. So you then, you're kind of like being more mindful in your future purchases. Yeah, that's so a really I, good I found, idea. Yeah, I found it really helpful. And there are things like aim for 30 wears. So like when you buy something, make sure that you know you can get 30 wears out of it before you even think about donating, recycling, etc. Um but I, we will link the article below because there are so there are so many brilliant tips in here. And I think it's something that we all need to be more mindful of, even if it's just buying less. Like, do you really need the item? And also, like, if you can, if you can shop secondhand, it can be so much fun. Like, I, I completely acknowledge it's a privilege to choose to shop secondhand. Um, but if you would otherwise just be going to H&M or somewhere like that, scouring ebay for something is so rewarding i found the most gorgeous gorgeous denim flared jumpsuit on ebay it's from asos design for three pound 20 last week that's so good it looks just like one that i saw a couple of summers ago 
that was like £600 from a designer brand that I obviously was never going to buy. So to find this on eBay, you never know what gems you're going to find. Yeah, I feel like people forget that, because I totally get it is not, it's not practical and it's often not financially possible for people to shop sustainable brands. Like I totally get they are so expensive. Like that's that often puts me off a lot. And I think people forget that you don't need to shop sustainable brands to be more sustainable with the clothes that you buy. Like shopping secondhand, whether that's on eBay or whether it's a charity shop, is still sustainable shopping and sustainable fashion that you don't have to you don't have to drop hundreds on this sustainable one sustainable item. It could be, like you said, finding something that's great and you know you're going to get 30 wares out of that was three quid on eBay. Like that's using something that's already been made is sustainable fashion. Yeah, and I think, I mean, this is something I think we should do a whole episode on anyway because I feel like both of us have a lot of thoughts and there's so many things we've changed in the past couple of years. Like when you think of how we shopped when we were at uni versus now, I feel like we've got a lot that we can dig into here but as a starting point for anyone who doesn't because it's really intimidating as well like I think it's a really daunting thing to think god I can't shop anymore and it's like any of these things it's it's so much more nuanced than that and this article just gives 20 brilliant starting points of just like little things you can do um to start on a more sustainable journey so we will leave that link down below but I have found that so useful yeah I definitely want to read that what else have you loved in the past couple of weeks? Okay, so this one, I wouldn't say loved because it's quite a, a big, chunky topic, but I actually watched a TED talk. This was a few weeks back now, and I don't know what made me not use it as a recommendation before because it's been on my recommendation list for a while, but it's kind of so, so relevant this week and over the past couple of weeks what's been happening. Um, it's a TED talk by Dr. Lucy Hone, and she's special. She specializes in resilience research and it's basically taking the science behind what makes a person resilient and putting it into everyday life. So she was part of the team that trained 1.1 million US soldiers to be mentally resilient as well as physical. Um, She's originally from Christchurch in New Zealand. So she helped the community there after the Christchurch earthquakes in 2011 she was kind of, she was saying in this talk, she thought that was her calling in life to help those who've been affected by these huge disasters. And then in 2014, um, her daughter got into a car with a friend. They were going on a weekend away together and some another driver ran a stop sign and instantly killed her daughter, her best friend and her best friend's daughter. Oh and God. have to, like, it made me cry. It was so, she's so, so strong. I can't actually put into words how incredible it was to see her talk and she just said that like it's so demotivating when something so awful's happened to you and then she knows the stats because that's what her area of research is she knows that if something happens if you lose a child you're then at high risk for family estrangement for divorce for mental health problems drug and alcohol abuse and she was told that the grief process would take at least five years and she was like I don't want to feel like a victim like I still had Mm. so much to live for. I still have two sons. I still have my husband. I had my best friend's husband to support who just lost his wife and his daughter. Like, so she basically turned her research and almost like tried it on herself. And she's now spearheaded this research, which is recognized globally of three things that everyone can do in their day-to-day life that makes them a more resilient person. And I feel like I've been really aware of this the last few weeks since I watched it and I actually have tried to include it in my daily thoughts these past few weeks after losing my job and second lockdown and all of that and she says there's three things so one of them is resilient people know that shit happens they accept that there's tough times and that's part of life um not that they're pessimistic all the time it's just that rather than thinking why me they think why not me they just see it as part of life that they have to kind of you have to sink or swim and then number two is resilient people are good at choosing where they select their attention so this Mm. is basically like mindfulness or like doing a gratitude gratitude journal like they choose to focus on the small good things to outweigh like the loud noise that is like the media cycle and 
the bad news you hear on a day-to-day basis and the stress from work it's kind of balancing out the bad things or the stressful things or the anxiety inducing things in day-to-day life with the small good things and that builds your resilience and then the last one was asking yourself is what I'm doing helping or harming me and she said that relates to your thoughts and your actions like regardless of what it is you're doing whether it's something you do at work is this helping or harming me to get my next promotion whether it's something in your relationship like if you're picking an argument with your partner and you're like is this helping or harming me like is it worth really worth picking this argument and she said like it relates to huge tragedies tragedies as well she was looking through photos of her daughter just trawling over and over them and she's like is this helping me or harming me she's like this is not good for my mental space right now I need to step Mm. back take some time these photos will be here for me when I'm ready and she said these three things you can do them so easily in your day-to-day life and it helps you build resilience to those times when kind of life just throws adversity at you and it was such a like such a almost like I want to say empowering but it was such a it resonated so much with me and it was such an interesting talk she's such an intelligent woman I just really recommend people listening to her talk I know I've rambled on loads now but she was (laughs) awesome (laughs) I'm gonna go give that a listen because I think something we don't necessarily put enough emphasis on in our society is resilience and how important resilience is and like, of course, you're allowed to be sad about something, whatever it is, and all the, all, the, all, the, all of those kinds of things. But actually, like, being able to flex that resilience muscle and kind of give yourself a toolkit to be prepared for if something bad happens, I think is so, so important. And it's only as I've got a bit older, I've realised how important that is. And to hear her story and to hear that she has been able to, like, practice that is very kind of it makes it feel very achievable do you know what I mean yeah it was very like humbling but also very inspiring to listen to her like the things that she's gone through and then the way she's come out the other side and the way she supported her husband and her two sons obviously they've they've lost a daughter they've lost their sister like and yeah it's it was something that I'd never really thought about before but like you said I don't feel like there's enough emphasis on resilience all sorts of things it is just like everyone knows that life's a bit shit sometimes it happens but that doesn't mean you can't have like strategies to help you cope with it yeah and actually if you have those strategies on the days where it's like I don't know you something relatively minor happens but it feels like the end of the world like not being able to buy a desk for example then it means that when you have those bigger things it's not as alien to know how to cope with it you're yeah, it's already... like building up a tolerance. Yeah, totally. And suddenly those smaller things don't affect you as much. And it's not because you're desensitised, it's just because you have that toolkit and you can go, okay, I almost, I, like I know what to do here. It's like if someone has anxiety or something like that, that like you have that toolkit prepared. So you're like, okay, this is particularly bad. This is what I need to do to kind of help my help me find my way out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll leave that linked and I'll send it over to you as well. It's only 15 minutes long. I probably spoke about it longer than she speaks. But <laughs> um, What's your second recommendation? So next up is a podcast episode. And I think it's, I've actually recommended the series before and it's At Home with Lily and Anna. And it's the podcast that Anna Newton and Lee Pebbles did. They started it maybe like two years ago now. And originally they would go to someone's house and interview them in their home but they've kind of re they bought it back during lockdown and they've kind of rejigged it a bit. So now you're at their homes um, and they're obviously separated. Like they're not together recording it because of lockdown and all COVID related things. But instead they're having really brilliant discussions at the end of like at the end of each week about different topics. And recently they did one on body insecurities. And from the get go, they both acknowledge that they are white, able bodied, normal in inverted commas looking women. Um, but they have a really frank and brilliant discussion about body insecurities. And it was something that really resonated with me. And it was so interesting. And they talk a lot about um, like when they were a lot younger in school and like comments kids made about how like Anna goes into about how like the kids would make fun of her for being so hairy and how like that really impacts her even now as like a 30 something year old woman, like 
that still has had an impact. And it just resonated with me so much because I think we've all experienced that and how, you know, it's those comments people make. And I know people have made comments to me before that years later I still think about. And it was just such a brilliant argument. And they were not even argument. Argument's not the right word, but it was such a brilliant discussion. And they were so self-aware throughout it. And it was really brilliant to hear just hear other people talk about these things that I personally would brush off be like oh yeah because I'm quite a hairy person as anyone who knows me knows um and I'd be like oh well like I can't like just get over it Charlotte like it's silly and actually hearing people talk about it, I'm like oh no it's not silly like it's not a negative thing it's just a thing and I don't need to be paranoid about it but it isn't the negative thing that you might kind of carry the association with and they also um which I thought was excellent they called out a lot of really good brands that are doing good work for body inclusivity in their marketing and actually showing a range of like a wide range of body types and um Lily also goes into she discusses a lot about moles because she herself has a lot of moles and how they're photoshopped out of so many things like magazine covers online when you're online shopping and it's not something I've ever really thought about um and I guess it's because I'm not a particularly moly person that I've never really thought about it um but it again was really interesting because I was like it is true like why why wouldn't why would we like get rid of these things that aren't prob like aren't a problem and subliminally you're told that they're an imperfection because you don't see them um and it was a really brilliant and nuanced chat and I would just really recommend going to listen to it um obviously if that's an area that you find particularly triggering maybe approach it with some caution there is a very there's a very small chat at the beginning about disordered eating and eating disorders. Um, but I would really recommend it. If it's something that you feel you can listen to easily, I would really recommend it because I found it so, so just really beneficial, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I didn't know that I listened to At Home with before. I didn't actually realise they'd brought it back. So I'm definitely going to listen because I really like both of them. Um that's it's just reminded me, and this, I guess it's like a bonus recommendation. But do you follow M Clarkson on Instagram? I don't think I do. She is, or she's basically all about body positivity, and like she's the same like white able-bodied woman. But she, the things that she posts and she shares, and I've actually just looked. Her following has grown a huge amount since I last looked, and she's now got verified tick as well. And I can only say it's just because what she shares is so honest and open and like exactly like the way you've just described that talk. And she's very like the one that I saw the other day was actually a while back now. But she pointed out how when you see people wearing leggings, like workout leggings, she's like, what is it with people pulling that up? So it's underneath their boobs. Like if you see someone wearing that and they look super fit and you're like, oh, my God, they look amazing. She's like, no, that's because they've covered it up with the top of the leggings. Like, don't get me wrong. They look great. But that's that doesn't mean that they have this super toned flat bod that you should be comparing yourself to underneath. And she actually posted a side by side of herself with leggings pulled right up and then leggings just like on her hips. And yeah, I would definitely give her a follow because really similar kind of the content she produced. And she has a website called Pretty Normal Me. And it's, yeah, that. it's really, really good and kind of, very eye-opening and makes you think exactly like that about the legging wearing like makes you think of things that you just you see and you get that subliminal message of this is an imperfection and this is what you should look like and actually it's not like you should question it but I saw a thing the other night when I was scrolling Instagram far too late at night and it said Mm. something like our bodies and this this isn't the exact wording it's much more eloquent but it was basically like our bodies are a tool not an ornament and I I just that was just so like it was such like a light bulb moment I was like oh my god of course and someone else who I follow um shared a thing the other day and she was talking about how she would always compare herself to a 16 year old self and she's like of course I don't look like that anymore I've grown up and that's something I've definitely been guilty of looking back at photos of me when I'm like 17 18 and going like god I was I looked so much better then do you know what of course my body looked different I've done an extra decade of living since then like (laughs) course it looks bloody different I'm comparing my adult body to one of essentially a child like yes it looks different and I think this is another topic we could go on about for ages um 
but I do think it's important that we hear all of these like chats about these little I don't want to say little in terms of insignificant but like smaller things that you think oh like like cellulite like those things where you go oh god like I don't want to I don't want to I've had a thing about wearing shorts for years and short skirts for years because I'm like oh god cellulite do you know what I'm past it I've got to get past it because it ain't going every everyone has cellulite like I mean unless you're like a Victoria's Secret model who's got a professional trainer and yeah and it's like cellulite and stuff like that like it's not it's got it's no reflection on your weight or your health or your ability to exercise anything like that it's literally the shape of your cells and we've been told for however many years that it's a bad thing and I'm like actually it's not and I've not worn short skirts I've not worn shorts at all because I'm so paranoid about it and I'm like actually by not wearing the shorts by not wearing the short skirt I am playing into that idea that cellulite is a problem and I'm telling other women who look like me that having cellulite is like I'm saying I have an issue with how I look as a slim able-bodied white woman I'm saying I think there's a problem here like I'm playing into it and I need to not do that and it doesn't mean that I always feel comfortable but I think it's important that we all kind of say actually this isn't a real of all the problems that are facing us in the world right now cellulite is not the most important thing (laughs) (laughs) when you put it like that yeah (laughs) it is much better to be a good person and have some cellulite than not have any cellulite and be an arsehole to put it bluntly. Again, when when you put it like that, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, on that note, do we want to move on to this week's discussion topic? Yes. So this week we wanted to talk about coping with change. Obviously, spoilers, we've both been through a fair amount of change over the past couple of weeks, both... <laughs> good and bad um but whether it's positive change or negative change that doesn't mean that it's any more or less overwhelming any any kind of change in life even if you're not as crazy about planning as we are any kind of change or uncertainty can be really unsettling and it is difficult to cope with whether that it could be a really positive thing like getting a job promotion but that doesn't mean it's not stressful and it's difficult to handle the change so I think this week we just wanted to talk about how we cope with change how we have been coping with it over the past couple of weeks and also obviously the wider picture over the last few months because this is something that is obviously very relevant to most people with the ongoing global pandemic. That's the thing isn't it this year has seen so much change and like I had always planned to move this year and to move in with Alex and doesn't mean that when it happens it's any less kind of overwhelming even though it's a really positive and happy thing and I think that's something you and I have been discussing so much in the past couple of weeks like just like in terms of us being friends and discussing it is even if something's really positive and exciting you're still allowed to be a bit like "Woo, what's going on because your brain has to take time to process change and deal with things being different and I think if you can like the first thing you need to kind of get to a point is just accept that things are different now and I think as soon as you say okay things have changed regardless whether it's good or bad they have changed you kind of then can go through the rest of it and go okay I can deal with the uncomfortable feelings or I can embrace the excitement whatever it is but that first step just going oh yeah things are pretty different now I think is really important yeah I totally agree I think I what I found out that I'd lost my job I think was it two weeks ago today or two weeks ago tomorrow? And obviously those first two or three days afterwards, there was a lot of crying. I didn't get out of bed until like the middle of the day, which is basically unheard of for me. Um, I was just upset and thinking, oh, what if we'd done this? What if I'd tried that? What if we... it's all those what ifs? And I guess it is, mm-hmm. it's like denial really, isn't it? But you're totally right. And I had those like, yeah, you probably do need those few days to adjust. That is, like you just said, it's your brain adjusting to that change. But then I got to the point that I knew I had to accept it. There was nothing else that, there was nothing I could do to change the situation. The situation was what it was. And I just had to acknowledge that and move, like deal with that so I could move past it and just focus on, okay, what what do I do now? What's the next step? What's the thing that I can actually change now? 
Yeah, and I've, I don't like, I've just touched on obviously talking to you, but I think talking to people about it has made such a difference as well. Like, even if it's just, even if you don't get a solution out of it, like, you and I can talk for hours about your current situation, I can't give you a solution. But actually talking through it with someone and having a different perspective and someone going, yeah, that's really bloody shit, can just be so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like with anything in life, it just talking to someone else can really, it doesn't mean that they're going to have the answers, but it is support, isn't it? It's knowing that you've got someone yeah. there who is there to maybe not support you with the actual problem, but is there to, is, is an ear. They, they're there to, to listen to and for you to talk things out with. I mean, that's what Taylor's been for me the last few weeks, like talking things out, working things out together. I think having someone that you can chat to, whether it's friends, family, even if it's, I don't know, someone online that you've met, whoever it is, having that contact with someone and being able to, figure out your feelings about the change is really helpful definitely I think just having a different perspective is so valuable because you the person may have been through something really similar or they might not have been but sometimes it takes someone else who isn't living the situation to go oh but this thing like yesterday you were saying to me oh but instead of feeling stressed about all the things you've got to do like it's just so exciting that you get to do it like when you're worrying you've got too much to do, just focus on the exciting things. And as soon as you said it, I was like, oh yeah, of course. Like that's, of course that's what I should be doing. Like I don't need to feel stressed about it. I should just enjoy the excitement. And it isn't until someone who's outside of the situation can look at it and go, oh yeah, this thing that you realise. And that's that's why I think talking to someone else is just so important. I think like what you've just touched on there is, I'd say probably like the next thing that is really useful in coping with change. I think being able to find the positives in it. And I don't want to say the positive. I use that really lightly because I totally appreciate, like like Dr. Lucy Honey I was talking about earlier, it is so hard to find the positives if you go through a change which is so traumatic as losing someone you love. But even yeah. she was saying, she was actually asked that by her, um, the medical professional that was supporting her at the time. Um, asked her how what are the positives of this how could it have been worse and she was like at first she was like I was so so angry how dare he suggest that anything could be worse than me losing my daughter she's like then I thought about it and I realized the positives are that my sons weren't in that car my sons are still here and I still Mm -hmm. have them to live for I have an amazing network of friends around me who have been so supportive of me and my husband like and I'm not saying you have to instantly find the really good things about change because I totally appreciate that that's that's hard. I mean, I took a couple of days yeah. in bed to cry about my change. Like things much bigger happen to people and it, it does take a long time, but I think if you can find an angle that is is a different way to look at the change. So for me, not having a job, I'm like, okay, now is the time. I've been thrown in at the deep end, but now is the time for me to start that online working that I've always wanted to do now's the time for me to really focus on that yes I've been thrown in the deep end and yes I'm not gonna be good at it straight away but I'm like okay this is this is the direction I've been steered in now my life has gone off in a slightly different direction than what I was intending (laughs) and I think the same with like lockdown the pandemic other have you become closer with your family have you learned a new skill like things like that just try and find something that's a different way to look at it And I would also say on that, like, especially if it's something really big or upsetting or difficult, you don't have to find the positive tomorrow. Like, it might be years before you see a positive from that change. But I think so long as you're open to one day seeing some kind of positive from it, you won't carry around so much, like, anger about it. Like, my parents got divorced over a decade ago and it took me a really long time to find any like for years I wouldn't be able to tell you one positive thing that came out of it and then one day I just could see the positive I was like oh it made me more independent like it led me to do this or this or this and now I can look back and go oh yeah that although it was really hard and traumatic and upsetting there are positives that came out of it that took me years but I think all the time you're open to there being a positive you don't carry the same kind of like um what's the word like 
almost like that fiery aggression in your belly. Do you know what I mean? Like that real kind of... It's almost like carrying a grudge against it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like you're not carrying a grudge against it anymore. And that just like, that just gives you so much freedom. It's like a weight is lifted. Yeah, and I think it kind of ties into that. And I know that, again, we've spoken about this before, but like often it's such such a big part is your attitude and your res- yeah. how you respond to the situation because if something happens and you can't control it focus on what you can control you can control your response but you can't control the situation so focus on what your response is totally i've seen a lot of these kind of flying around like recently in response to covid and all this kind of thing and saying how you can't control what other people are doing. You can't control that like people on the internet are going and hanging out in large groups and not obeying social distancing and not wearing a mask. But what you can do is control your media intake, how much time you spend on social media, making sure that you're wearing a mask when you go out and that you're washing your hands. Like You can only control the things you can control, so just focus on those because, yes, the other stuff is stressful or upsetting or whatever, but all the time you're putting your energy towards the things you can't control, it's not going to make it any better. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's so easy for people to kind of fall into this kind of, I don't know, it's like the comparison trap online, isn't it? When you, you fall into this kind of vicious circle of thinking, oh, what if this? What if I'd done that? What if I'd tried that? What if I'd said something differently? I think with anything that happens... It's, it's already happened. The only thing that you can control yeah. now is the future. That sounds very philosophical, yeah. but you know what I mean. It's true, though. I think, especially when something like, like something crap happens, even if it's not good, but if it's good, but it's difficult at points, you're like, I just want to go back to how things were. Like, it was easy then. It's a, no, it's a known variable, isn't it? Like, you know how to deal with a situation. You know what to do. But it doesn't mean that, you know, there's, I mean there's no value to you thinking that in many ways because you can't go back like we don't have time machines we can't go back in time and instead trying to say okay but how can I make this even better or how can I make this a little bit better is kind of like it's a much better use of your energy and puts you in a different mind frame and just keeps you moving forward and that's what's important yeah I think what you said there I think the more you kind of whether it is a positive or a negative change it's still uncomfortable because it's outside of your comfort zone. And I know we've spoken about getting outside of your comfort zone before, and it is difficult and it is uncomfortable. But the more you get used to looking at how you can react to the change rather than how you can reverse the change, you're going to get more comfortable. And it is like the the TED Talk. You're going to be building up resilience to to change and your reaction to it as well. And I think that's really important as well because life throws a lot of crap at you and you don't know what it's going to be but if you have ways of coping with it and you feel a bit more kind of prepared for having to step outside your comfort zone like maybe I don't know if you unexpectedly get given a lot more responsibility at work obviously that's great in the long run and that's what you need to focus on but at the time it's really really overwhelming but it's going to prepare you for great things in the future going forward for your career Totally. And that's the thing, like, when something changes, it doesn't necessarily mean that it will be instantly good or bad. It might take a while for those things to come into play, but you'll get there. And I think the one thing that someone said this to me really recently, and I was like, oh, God, I hate that. And I don't, I mean, it's a bit, but um, a change is as good as a break. And I would caveat that with saying, like, actually having a proper break is necessary. Like, as human beings, we need to rest, we need time away. But the idea that a change is kind of as refreshing as, I thought was really interesting because I think we always associate change with being a bad thing because human beings are creatures of habit. So you kind of think, oh, no, change is a bad thing. But actually, having a change can be so refreshing. Like, think about it when you go on holiday and then you come back and you feel so inspired to, like, write more blog posts or you... I don't know, like one of your friends moves away and you visit them and you come back and you've got ideas for your own home or whatever. Like just because something's different doesn't mean it has to be bad. Like it can be the most inspiring and refreshing thing. Yeah, I totally agree. And again, I think we discussed it when we were, when we were talking about getting outside of your comfort zone. But it it is really amazing like what a different perspective you can have from 
change. And I think like, even for me, I was like struggling just with stress in my old job. And I came here and I accepted this new job and I thought, oh, it's, it's a very similar job, not a similar industry, but it's a very similar like stress level. I'm really going to struggle. And I mean, I have to put it down to the huge kind of life change that I had in moving to a different country and living in a new place and obviously I mean you know how stressful it was at the start with us trying to find somewhere to live and getting sorted and finding a job but then once I was here it was like I was a whole new person like I felt completely invigorated and I think when you have that change it's almost like jumping in cold water isn't it like it's a massive shock at first but then your body gets used to it and you're like really awake and alive and like full of energy yeah and I think as well like just like if you don't feel like that because of change you can change things more or you can change and make other things different like there's always something like change can be such a positive lever that you can pull in life and you can make like the smallest changes day to day maybe like even if it's just like swapping out I don't know your evening cup of tea for like a chamomile so you sleep better like even on like a tiny level, little changes can make can be really positive and you can change your routine so that you walk outside for a couple of hours a day or whatever it is, maybe not a couple of hours, that's a bit extreme, but like you go for a 10 minute walk each day or something like that. And there are loads of ways changes can be really, really positive and you can make bigger changes positive by incorporating other small changes, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think like, obviously it's really important to say not all change is positive, but it doesn't mean that the positive thing can't, I'm going to say this in a really roundabout way, but the positive thing might be just the fact that you can look back on it in the future and say, okay, that didn't go to plan or that was really bad. What did I learn from it? Like maybe the only Mm -hmm. positive thing is what you've learned from it. Like, I mean, like this situation, people go on a work and holiday visa to Australia and have the time of their lives and they're partying and they're meeting new people and they're spending all their time on the beach. See, we've had a very different experience. So right yes. now I'm like, this is not exactly the wholly positive experience I was hoping for. But actually, what have I learned from this whole time? Like, I've learned a lot about mine and Taylor's relationship. Obviously, it's the first time we've lived together. Learned about a lot of the, like, I've learned a lot of new skills. I've learned a lot about myself. I feel like and I feel like a lot of people could say that from this time when they've been a lot more kind of static and being at home but even if it's just learning something about themselves or learning something for the future it still can be positive in the long run for sure like I feel like we've probably all learned so much about ourselves in the past few months and this change wasn't a positive one and it had really horrible consequences and also really horrible kind of reasons for starting but hopefully we can all at least say okay well I learned this about myself or it's equipped me better for something in the future and it's like we were saying earlier you might not realize what that positive is for ages but at some point you might see it and go oh okay I kind of get it now yeah and I feel like we actually missed something but really important to say if it is a huge change you don't have to do it all in one in one go like do it in small like bite-sized chunks like we've spoken about it in the organization episode and the productivity episode you can go back and listen to those but we basically talk about don't have one massive to-do list like if you have a big change or like you've moved house like that's a, a huge change you can't pick up all your furniture and move your entire life in one go just like that and be perfectly set up in your new home like it's I mean, you have to break I it down can't. into smaller tasks. <laughs> I bloody tried to do it all in one go, I'll have you know. And guess what, guys? It ended up with me crying because I was so stressed. <laughs> because it's just not doable. Like, it's it's not enjoyable. It's not realistic. And especially if you are someone like us who has extremely high expectations of yourself that are just completely unachievable, you just put so much pressure on yourself. But actually, like... Since then, I just, I, I took a different approach. And yesterday, my tasks were to build the bathroom storage unit and to wash our new bath mats. And you know what? I achieved them both. And no, our chest of drawers isn't built yet, but it's not arriving till Thursday. So by the weekend, all of our clothes will be unpacked. And I'm like, you just have to break it down. Like that is worrying about where my socks are and which box my pants are in. It just not, it's just not a good use of my time right now. 
I can't change that right now. And if I accept that and go, actually, what I can change is the box of toiletries sitting in the living room. It's just breaking it down and it's a lot more achievable. And then actually it doesn't feel half as scary. I was, um, this is like a very weird analogy, but bear with. So, and actually a very useful tip that's going to be baked into this one. We have so much cardboard in this flat from like all of the furniture. And um, one of these excellent, this is one of these tips that parents give you that you're like, oh God, that seems so over the top, but actually they're 100% right. And I wouldn't admit this, my dad was 100% right with this. And he was like, stop just having, like stop breaking down the box and leaving it. Cut the box up into like A4, A3 sized pieces. And it took ages, but he was so right because you get so much more in your recycling bin. <laughs> it takes up so much less. So I've been doing this a lot. Anyway, we had all of the cardboard, our bed came in and it looked like the most daunting task to cut all this cardboard up. By the time I'd finished it, it looked like the smallest pile of cardboard in the world. And I just looked at it and thought that is like the perfect metaphor for this situation. Is like when it's as a whole, it's like the biggest, scariest task. But when you actually break it down, it's so achievable. Like it's so okay. Like you will be absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's like the difference between you saying I need to move house. That's a pretty massive to do list item. And then it's the difference between that and then breaking it down into okay, I need to move my stuff from my old house, and then I need to go to IKEA and buy these things. Then I need to order this delivery. Like breaking it into those small step by steps. Like no one's expecting you yeah. to be set up in your new house literally overnight that's actually just not possible no I tried it's not possible guys trust me <laughs> <laughs> unless you have a huge team of removal men at your beck and call for like a 24-hour period yeah if you've got a whole team of people to help you sure that might be possible it's not possible as one person or even two people and I think that's the thing with any type of change is that you you like as a person you just want to problem solve it and be like okay fine this is happening but like I'm gonna like this is how we deal with it and sometimes you can't do that sometimes you just have to take a step back accept it's happening break it down a little bit speak to someone air out like just have a sounding board for whatever is going through your brain and with like before you know it time starts ticking by and you are naturally just coping with the change because that's what happens yeah Humans are actually better at dealing with change than they think, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We're very adaptable and yeah. we just need to give ourselves a bit of credit for that. And also a bit of time. Like, you can't, if something big changes in your life, you're probably not going to be fine with it within the space of an hour or even maybe a day or a week, maybe even a month, maybe even longer. But that doesn't mean that like, you're going to have that fear or that uncertainty, that like nagging feeling in your gut all of that time. Yeah. Um, I feel like that wraps it up really nicely for this week. Um, I feel like this was a very topical topic. Um, and of course, it is for a lot of people as well. So we would love to hear your thoughts on um, maybe how you've been coping with change recently or how you have coped with change in the past. If you'd like to share them with us, um, you can of course get in touch via email, which is twentiesarehard at gmail.com. Or you can pop over to our Instagram page and leave us a comment or a DM and that's at twentiesarehard. So thanks for joining us for this discussion this fortnight and we will speak to you in a couple of weeks time. Bye. Bye. Bye.